Have you ever wondered where you really stand with God? Are you overcome with feelings of guilt because of things you've done wrong? Are you tired of religion that focuses on rules that you can't keep? Have we got good news for you? It's time to listen in on some casual conversation with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski and discover what true freedom is all about. This is Growing in Grace. All right, take one. Growing in Grace podcast. Cut. Oh, just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) What did I do wrong, director? I didn't understand what you said. Take two. (laughs) All right, take two. Growing in Grace podcast. I'm Mike Kapler, along with uh, Joel Brzezinski. Welcome to growingandgrace.org. How you doing, Joel? Wow, that's memorable. <laughs> O-R-G. <laughs> I, I felt my inner Wolfman Jack starting to surface there. <laughs> we need an echo on that. O-R-O-R-G-G. That'd be fun. O-R-G. Growingingrace.org. The place with all of the, uh, what do you call it that one time, uh, a few weeks ago? Fanville. Oh, Podcastville. Podcastville. Yes. That's the place where it's all where found. the milk and honey and Dr. Pepper flow freely. <laughs> Dr. Pepper. The world needs more of that. I don't know if you knew this or not, Joel, but uh, several years ago, uh, visiting our daughter in Texas, we went and visited something I've always wanted to do, and don't ask me why, but we went and visited the Dr. Pepper Museum. Why? Because it was there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, that'd be uh, fun. It was kind of interesting. I doubt if the family will want to go back again, but I was fascinated with it. It even goes back to the old days of not only how Dr. Pepper was discovered and all that, but how they used to use old machines and bottling things and stuff like that. Yeah. And and you could get an authentic Dr. Pepper across the way, not like what you get in the bottles today. Oh, I see. Yeah, fun. Yeah, we went to something in Hershey, Pennsylvania regarding the chocolate thing one time. That was kind of fun see how it's made yeah. in history yeah of that, and all that, that feels stuff. like a bucket list thing for me being the, being the chocolate guy that i am oh <laughs> there you go pepper and chocolate and, and then you're good to go <laughs> get all that stuff done <laughs> well speaking of chocolate which has absolutely nothing to do with what i'm about to say <laughs> I mean, I, I just like the book of Hebrews so much. It, it makes me feel like I just ate some chocolate. Um, <laughs> like there's a peanut butter cup to be found in here. Ah. Um, we are just taking a kind of a step-by-step view of the book of Hebrews, not necessarily verse by verse, a little more chapter by chapter. And last week we were talking about some of chapter three and a little bit of chapter four. And the the nutshell version on that is, and really the nutshell version on the book of Hebrews is, the focus is on the person of Jesus. And it's constantly being contrasted with an old religious system that came by way of Moses to Israel through something known at that time as the first covenant. We often referred to it as the old covenant that was replaced with a new and better covenant established by Jesus Christ. And so the writer of Hebrews from the beginning is talking to these Jewish believers, helping them to see the big picture here. And there are things being said in these early chapters that he's going to come back to later. Remember, these letters in the New Testament, they were not written in verses or even in chapters. They, they just weren't written that way. Right. And, but sometimes we dice them up that way, and when that happens, it can sometimes lead us to missing out on some of that bigger picture. 
And, and so the, the validity of Jesus, the, the all-encompassing work that was accomplished through the cross and his blood is the main message that, that is going on here. And, you know, something I find interesting, Joel, because we kind of left off at Hebrews 4.12, which is one of those talking points verses that people like to memorize. So we're going to talk about that here in a minute. But one thing I, I, I find interesting, and we talked a little bit last week about hearing the voice that brings salvation and entering into his rest, which is something, again, that the old people couldn't do before the cross under that first covenant. They couldn't enter into God's rest. And we have been able to enter into God's rest. Jesus became our Sabbath. As God rested from his works on the seventh day, the writer says, we now rest from our works. We're going from a system of works here, Again, speaking to Jewish people under the law, or who used to be under the law, we're going from a system of works into a system of faith, because the law was not based upon faith. But one thing I find interesting that um, the writer referred to three different times, starting with chapter 3 and again in the beginning of chapter 4, he referred to Psalm 95. He's trying to make a point here, don't you think, in, in a short period of time when you're referring to something and repeating it a couple extra times, today if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. Whose voice? Well, the, the voice of God, again, revolving around the person of Jesus. So I think the writer is trying to make a significant point here as he's looking back on the, uh, trying to unfold this picture for the Jewish people to understand how it was compared to how it is. But the focus here, as you look carefully at this and don't get too caught up on a verse-by-verse basis, the focus here is all on the person of Jesus Christ. Yeah, that's really what this is all about. The whole book of Hebrews, and really if you look at the, the Bible, the, the collection of books that have been put together, the whole point of it all is Jesus Christ. It's not about you know having instructions to live by. It's, it's not about just knowing about Jesus, but it's actually him, Jesus Christ, being the Word of God and hearing his voice personally. And you can do that whether you're reading the Bible or not. You can hear his voice. He can speak to you. And, and, and what they were told by God in the Old Covenant, that it says that they could, you know, about this rest, this rest of God that, you know, talks about how Joshua and, and the promise of rest, they could not enter. Why couldn't they enter? It was because of unbelief. The disobedience had to do with they heard this voice. They heard this, and to whom did he swear that they would not enter his rest, it says here. So God swore something to them. He said that they would not enter his rest. You know, Today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts, as in the rebellion. But it was to those who did not obey. So we see, verse 19 of chapter 3, they could not enter in because of unbelief. And it was unbelief in the word that they heard. And so this rest that we're talking about as we're in the end of chapter 3 and in, and in chapter 4, again, like you were talking about, so I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. Chapter 4, verse 4, for he has spoken in a certain place of the seventh day in this way, and God rested on the seventh day from all his works. And again, in this place, they shall not enter my rest. So since therefore it remains that some must enter it, and those to whom it was first preached did not enter because of disobedience. And again, that disobedience is unbelief. And he mm-hmm. designates a certain day, saying in David, today. 
after such a long time. And and so, you know, he talks about this rest. He Like you say, he keeps going back to the same thing. He's trying to make a point here. And it all has to do with not what they were supposed to do under the old covenant, but pointing ahead to Jesus. And that that's where this rest remains. For he who has entered his rest, God's rest, has himself also ceased from his works as God did from his. Amazing stuff. Amazing stuff. Yeah, the, the, when you see that disobedience there in verse 11 of chapter 4, as you said, it's referring to the unbelief factor. And if you go back to see what he said leading up to this, you'll, you'll see that in there. But then he says this, and this is the talking point verse I was referring to in Hebrews 4.12, one of those that I used to memorize even, even as a child. For the word of God, because you just got done saying everything that he just said that we, we discussed briefly. And then he says, for the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. The word of God, it's alive, it's powerful, it's active, it's sharper than any two-edged sword, it, 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 it lives uh, it divides between soul and spirit. Well, Joel, I was taught for many years, and again, I, I, I need to make a reference to this because you might be a new listener. We've been doing podcasts for nearly 15 years, and guess what? We quote the scripture quite a bit, so we have a lot of stock invested in the scripture. We're not against it. I, I need you to hear me say that before I say what I'm about to say. I was always told that Hebrews 4.12 was a reference to the Bible. It's really, if you can see it in context here now, stay with me, it's really a reference in this case to Jesus. Because this whole passage, these whole chapters that we're focusing on here uh, is all about Jesus, the superior one. And the word of God, remember Jesus in John chapter 1 was referenced as the word who became flesh and dwelt among us. And he has always been since the beginning. He is the Word. The Bible is not, I'm going to be careful of what I want to say here, because just stick with me. The Bible in and of itself is, is not the Word. It does contain words that God spoke. But you see, the, the Word is not a collection of books that gradually came into being over a period of many years, going through many changes, many alterations. I mean, it was, it was several hundred years, mm -hmm. even before what we consider a Bible, it was even put together in the form that we know it as of today, several hundred years after the cross. So, you know, some of the things that are being said here, these people would have, they wouldn't have had Bibles to pick up and collect dust on the coffee table. <laughs> <laughs> the Word of God is alive and active, and how do we, don't stop in verse 12, look at the next verse. Verse 13, and what? No creature is hidden from his sight. Whose sight? The Word, <laughs> the one who's alive and, and powerful and uh, sharper than any two-edged sword. He's able to divide soul and spirit. No creature is hidden from his sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. And then he goes on again to talk about this word, this Jesus, who is the high priest, and it wraps up the chapter with that. Yeah, so you see what we're doing here and what we're pointing out. And we talked about the, during the last few episodes that we're really wanting to focus on some of the later, what we know as chapters in Hebrews. But the writer here of Hebrews does such a great job of building up to what we believe is the main point of the, of the thing. And the whole epistle is 
is really great. But what he's talking about here in this particular point, he's, he's showing that Jesus, Jesus, the word of God, living and powerful, he is sharper than any two-edged sword. He pierces even through the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow. He is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. The Bible can't do that. And again, like you said, we love the Bible. We love the scriptures. We use the scriptures. They point to Jesus. They show us wonderful things uh, about what God, and God inspired the writers to write the things that they did. And that's all wonderful. But what he's pointing out here is that it's Jesus that this is all about. No creature hidden from his sight. Uh, All things are naked and open to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. Seeing then, verse 14 uh, of chapter 4, seeing that we, he says all that to say this, seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession, for we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are yet without sin. Let's wrap it up here, and then we'll get into some more of, uh, of, of Hebrews as, as the weeks go by. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Well, we will continue on with our look at the book of Hebrews next week right here on Growing in Grace, growinginggrace.org. This has been Growing in Grace with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski. Heard online through various internet sources around the world each week. To access hundreds of past programs, visit graceroots.org. Share it with a friend and listen again next week for more Growing in Grace.